we're kicking off a brand new series this morning, and we're calling it He Said What? And um, it comes from this idea that oftentimes we read all these scriptures, and uh, we love them, especially when we hear the words that Jesus says, like, come all who are weary, and I will give you rest. You know, when we have these burdens, we read those scriptures, and we go, yes, I love that. And there's passages littered all over the Bible exactly like that. But there's also these passages that you read and you go, wait, hold on. Did Jesus really just say that? Have you ever read something in the Bible and you go like, God, I love everything up until this point. (laughs) Like, I love everything that you've said except this one phrase. And the truth is, I would argue that some of the things that he said that shock us, we need more than ever today. We need more than ever today. So today I want to talk about this shocking principle that Jesus teaches us in the Gospels on the Sermon on the Mount when he says, love your enemies. Love your enemies. It's a nice thought. It's a novel idea. It's a difficult thing to live out, right? (laughs) It's a a very tweetable thing. It's something that, that bodes well on Facebook. We can write it in papers and it looks really well when we talk about loving our enemies and we say yes, but the problem comes when we actually have an enemy and we have to do it. It's a whole different concept, right? Because we live in a world that is full of hate. It doesn't take much to look around and look at the state of our government, look at the state when you open up your news feed or your Twitter feed or your Instagram feed. Like our world is obsessed with hating people. And we've built entire news and media organizations that are determined just to hate people right? If you don't agree with their opinions, what do they do? It's not like, hey, let's have a a functional argument or a disagreement. It's like, let me tear you down so I can tear you down as a person so people can hate you, right? We live in this world that thrives off of vitriol, that thrives off of making people enemies. So the truth is, we hear all that, but then we also hear this idea where many of you have walked in here this morning and you have been a victim of hate. Uh, Maybe people have hated you simply because of the color of your skin. Maybe people have hated you simply because of your political beliefs and you don't agree with somebody else. Or maybe people have hated you simply because you feel like you don't fit in. Whatever it is, um, if you were alive in here this morning, you have experienced some form of hate. But here's the problem. As believers who love Jesus, we're called to love our enemies. So it's like Jesus looks at this vitriol, this scene that is full of hate, this culture that is full of hate, this culture that is obsessed with making enemies, and he makes it even harder. It's like he comes up on the scene and we say, Jesus, what would you tell us to do? Love them. Not that. Can you tell me something else? (laughs) Love them that doesn't go well with me. And, And I'll tell you why it doesn't sit well with us. Because every single human being has this innate instinct to serve people justice. To serve people justice. Whenever someone wrongs you, what? You want to wrong them back. I have have never in my life, I have six kids, and I've never seen my oldest kid get hit in the face and say, fine with me. (laughs) Fine, just hit me again, brother. (laughs) We, We live by the golden rule in my house. If your sister bites you, bite her back, but make sure it's harder. (laughs) Right? I have literally seen my kids slap the other sibling and then them take off running across the house and then they chase them like a lion would chase a gazelle, jump on their back and bite their neck. True story. (laughs) 
if you're in a parent, that this is not a crazy scenario. You, you know that this is like everyday life, right? I oftentimes ask my kids, I'm like, why did you do that? Well, he hit me, <laughs> right? And we laugh at all this and we say, well, that, we can relegate that just to children. We do the same thing. I have seen grown men slam on their brakes in the middle of traffic, get out on the car, do something. <laughs> do something. Hit me, please. Give me an excuse to whip you, right? Here's the problem. This is not justice. This is revenge. This is not justice. This is revenge. Now, let me clarify something. We serve a God of justice, okay? So justice is a good thing, but we often masquerade our revenge as justice, like, well, I'm, how many of you guys have made the excuse before multiple times, well, the reason I did this to them is because they did this to me, and it's okay by you because they have hurt you, so therefore it is okay for you to hurt them back. Show of hands. I've done it all the time. My kids do it all the time. So what do we do? What do we do with this innate sense of justice that kind of masquerades itself as revenge what do we do it's like jesus enters into this tension that we feel in our world and he says love your enemies we go no no no, not that god (laughs) tell me what i need to do and god says love your enemies so today i want to talk about what i believe and the reason i kicked the series off with this topic is because i believe that the world needs these words more than ever right now and you can flip on a screen And I can guarantee you the first thing that you're going to hear out of some news broadcaster's mouth is something negative. And we flip on the screens, we flip on our phones. Everything in this world, it seems like it is hardwired for hate. And Jesus comes into the scene and he just makes it a whole lot. He just shakes things up by saying these radical words. What are we to do, Jesus? And he says, well, you're to love your enemies. Today I want to talk about loving people who hate you. I want to talk about loving people who have betrayed you. I want to talk about loving people who have hurt you. Because the truth is, I don't know about you, but I love to love people who love me. (laughs) Because it's easy, right? I like to like people who love, I love to encourage people who love to encourage me. That's the easy part. So before I read this Sermon on the Mount that Jesus teaches us when he he gives us this phrase, I want to read a a quote by Tim Keller, and I think this kind of sets the whole thing up. And I love this. He says this, We are saved by a man who died to love his enemies. So I want you to understand something. The essence of the gospel is Jesus displaying enemy love. Enemy love. Like when we were enemies, when we were astray, when we were opposed to his plan, his law, his rules, his governance, it says that God still died for us. So I want you to get this in your head, okay? That Jesus died for us when we were an enemy. So let's read Luke 7, I mean Luke 6, verse 27 through 31. This is Jesus' teaching, Sermon on the Mount. It says, but to you, but to you who are willing to listen, I love how he just sets it up. If you want to listen to this, you can. (laughs) says, I say, love your enemies. I wish it stopped there. (laughs) I wish Jesus just paused there, like, okay, let's kind of, like, teach about this. We can hypothetically, like, think about what this looks like. But then Jesus actually shows us what loving your enemies looks like, and we go, dang. (laughs) So watch. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those 
who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you, <laughs> if someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks, and when things are taken away from you, don't try to get back at them. Verse 31, Jesus sums up what loving our enemies looks like. He says, in other words, just do unto others as you would have them do to you. Now, let's contrast some of these things according to what Jesus is teaching us and then what our culture teaches us. So, Jesus is saying, love your enemies. What does our world say today? Hate your enemies. Like, you have enemies for a reason. Make them your enemies and do everything that you can to hate them, right? Jesus says, do good to those who hate you. The world teaches us, do bad things to those who hate you. Jesus says, bless those who curse you. We live in a society that says, curse those who curse you, right? Curse those who curse you. Offer the other cheek. I struggle with this one, and so do you, because you're from Crowley or Rain. When you don't offer the other cheek, right? This is not like, uh, I, I, I gave this example in the first service. Like, I have never known another man to get an open hand slap and say, mm, that's all right with me. <laughs> Just hit me. Like, if you hit me, you better knock me out. <laughs> like, that's just my golden rule. Please knock me out because I don't know if I can live this out, right? <laughs> then it says, if they demand your coat, give them your shirt. Like, what? What is going on here? The words of Jesus in that culture were so radical, and they're still radical today. Because Jesus, when he, when he brought up the teaching, if you read uh, the version actually in Matthew, it says, you have heard it said to hate your enemies, but I tell you, love your enemies. It says, you've heard it said your entire life to do bad things to your enemies, but Jesus comes onto the scene and he says, but I'm telling you today to love your enemies. Now, Jesus gives us all these examples because he wants us to understand what loving our enemies looks like. So here's what I want you to hear this morning. This is not a sermon like where I'm going to give you five particular points of how to love your enemies better because the truth is that doesn't work. Because the truth is this is a posture of your heart. If your heart is not in the right place, there's no way that you can live this out. So, so my goal for you today is a reorienting and a reposturization of your heart. So I want to help you understand some things, but let me clarify something first. Even Jesus calls this person an enemy, okay? So I want you to understand, I am in no way teaching, or is even Jesus trying to tell you, go be besties with your enemy, all right? Or go, like, go befriend your enemy. There are toxic people in our lives, and there are certain people that it is okay for us to separate ourselves from, okay? So Jesus is not teaching, like, hey, the people that have betrayed you, hurt you, backstabbed you, go be best friends with them. That's not what he's saying at all. In other words, he's saying you don't have to like everybody, but you do have to love them. Can, can we just be honest? We all have people in our life that we want to hang out with on the weekend, and there's other people who are like, yeah, have a nice life, but we're, we don't hang together on the weekends, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. So even Jesus calls people an enemy. So Jesus is not in, anyone, in, any, in any kind of way saying, hey, surround yourself with your enemy, and it's going to be okay. Just try to mend everything. So here's what I want to talk about. How do we love our enemies? Now, Jesus, in verse 31, he, he kind of gives us this subtle way to do it. He says, do to others as you would have them do to you. This is the, this is the essence of enemy love. 
This is what enemy love looks like. So the first point that I want to make this morning, and it is so important for you to be able to live this out and for your heart to get in the right place to understand what Jesus is teaching. So first thing, you first have to understand that you're someone's enemy. See, we don't often teach it this way because when we hear this scripture, we go, love your enemies, and what do you immediately think? Your brain fires off to all of your enemies. And you think, like, i got to love all these people? Like, how is that possible? How am I going to do this? Here's what I want you to understand. The only way that you can love your enemy well is first understand that you are someone's enemy. Like, all the people that have betrayed you, all the people that have backstabbed you, at one point in your life, you have done that to someone else. And when you can look at it in that frame of mind, it gives you a completely different perspective on how Jesus calls us to live out this whole thing. Because we're all Jekyll and we're all Hyde. (laughs) Right? We all have those people, let's just be honest, it's easy to love them. And then we, so we're that, that good person. We're nice around them. We love them. It's easy to encourage them. It's easy to share things with them. And then we have those people that just bring out the high, the monster in us. Right? Where it's like, man, this person was easy to love, but bro, like you just rubbed me the wrong way. Right? So we all have these people. But here's the truth. If we spend our lives only loving those who love us, we miss out on how Jesus actually loves people and how he calls us to love people. There's this idea of enemy love that is so foundational to our walk with Jesus, if we can understand it. And I want to read it to you in Romans 5.10. Watch this. Even when we were what? God's, what is that word? Enemies. You got to get this. Even when we were God's enemies. So like before God rescued you, before you got adopted into this family, it says you were an enemy of God. And it says when you were an enemy of God, watch this, he made peace with us. Because his son died for us, yet something even greater than friendship is ours. Now that we are at peace with this God, we will be saved by the life of his son. Learning to love our enemies is learning to love like the Father. This is enemy love. So this is a thought, and maybe something you can chew on this week as you leave here. I wrote this down, it says this, We often label people as enemies because they often reveal our insecurity and we don't like the package. How many of you, somebody's ever told you the truth and you're like, I know you're trying to tell me something, but I don't like you. (laughs) Right? I just don't like you, so it's hard for me to swallow the words that you're telling me. Because I just don't like the package that is being presented to me right now, right? This often comes in the form of our children. Right? Dad, why are you yelling? I'm not yelling! (laughs) Dad, you've been on your phone a lot. I'm not on my phone a lot! We often don't like the package that is presented to us. Can I tell you something? Oftentimes our our enemies reveal more about us than we realize. It brings up something in our own hearts where we go, we want to relegate all of the pain, all the hurt, all of the frustration just to them, and they're my enemy, when God's actually trying to do something right here. He's saying, hold on, but haven't you been an enemy? Haven't you backstabbed people? Haven't you betrayed people? Because here's the truth. Oftentimes it's very easy for us to put ourselves in the place where we've hurt nobody and everybody's hurt us. And we just go, man, I'm justified to feel this way. And God says, wait, well, hold on, time out. 
aren't you a human too with emotions and feelings and you've done the same thing that you're accusing everybody else of doing to you? Jesus continues in Luke 6, verse 32. He says, if you only love those who love you, why should you get credit for that? (laughs) I love that. He says, even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to people, to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend other sinners for a full return. As I said earlier, I don't know about you, but it is easy to love people that love me. It's easy to like people that like you. But Jesus is saying, listen, if you can understand first that you're someone's enemy, it gives you a completely different perspective when you label other people as an enemy. Realizing this fact, that when people hurt you, it often says more about them than it says about you. So we can look, the reason that people hurt us oftentimes is not because they have this great hate towards us. Oftentimes it's because they hate themselves. They're not settled with themselves. Therefore, they push back. So so what do we do now? What does the scripture teach? Like, how do we love these people? Well, scripture teaches us that we kill them with kindness. Now, this is difficult, right? Because watch what Jesus says in, in Luke 6, 35. It says, love your enemies, do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. How many of you have ever quoted this? Like, I'm just doing something for, I don't expect any, I don't expect anything in return. And you could say that over and over, but in your head, you're like, they better repay me. Right? I just, I can, I just did it out of the goodness of my heart. No, you didn't. You want something back, right? It says, then your reward from heaven will be great. And you will truly be acting as children of the most high. For he is kind to those This is crazy. Jesus is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. I want to focus on that phrase that he says. When he says, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. This is how God loves people. So the best way that I can explain it to you this morning is, how many of you are parents in here? You got some children. Okay, most of you in here. Christmas morning. You've just spent thousands of dollars on presents. You're excited. You finally have the moment. Your kids start tearing open presents. And then you have that one child that says, this is it. And you want to be like, give me every present. I'm returning it and I'm going to go buy myself something nice. (laughs) We have six kids and we often sit at restaurants And for us to go out to eat with six kids, it's a fortune, okay? So when we sit at a restaurant and I have one child that's like, I don't like this place, my wife and I's response is always like, well, you're going to eat a turkey sandwich when we get home. (laughs) You're not eating any of this, right? Like when your kids are unthankful and ungrateful, what do you want to do as a parent? You want to make them feel the sacrifice, right, that you're making, My son woke up this morning, he's putting on his new basketball shoes, his new basketball socks, his new basketball shorts, his new new basketball shirt, and he's like, I'm like, son, you don't even know how much it costs to put all that on your body, right? No clue, no idea. What does it do to you as a parent when your kids are completely ungrateful for the sacrifice that you've made? You feel this innate like you have no idea what it takes. And then here's what's crazy. 
It says, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked, and he loves them anyway. That is an insane thought when you think about it, but I want you to understand something. That is how God has loved every single person in this room. That when you were unthankful, when you were completely rebellious, you rejected his love. Anyway, he says, I'm still going to be kind to you. And you can argue back and you say, well, no, God was nothing, but my life before Christ was crazy. Think about it this way. Who gives you the breath in your lungs every single day? The fact that you can move your fingers like a normal person is a gift from God. The fact that you can walk, like it is a gift from God. See, we complain. Here's what's crazy about us being unthankful oftentimes is that when God provides for us, we go, but I didn't want it to look that way, God. (laughs) And we're unthankful and we're ungrateful. And instead of God getting that like that hurt parent that pulls away and wants to take back, he leans in and he says, but I love my enemies. And it's this radical, crazy love. And that's why I said, the only way that you can do this is not repeating five like self-help steps. It is a posture of the heart. It comes into this realization of, wow, I was an enemy. Like I was an enemy of God. I've been an enemy to other people, and yet God still loves me with this unconditional kindness. Therefore, this is how I respond to my enemies because of what he's done to me. That is the only way that we can love our enemies when we have the realization of how gracious and how kind and how loving God has been to us when we have been so rebellious. And it takes on this whole new posturization. Romans 2, 4 says it this way. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Here's where the church and here's where Christians have gotten this so wrong. You have a loved one right now that you're praying for. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a husband. Maybe it's a wife. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a daughter. Maybe it's a son. And if you're not careful, we start judging their journey. Well, man, you just, you're not where you're at. And you, need, you need to come to church with me so God can deal with you, right? And it, what do we do? We start shaming, we start guilting, and without you realizing it and pushing this morality on them, we become, as Christians, we become the morality police. We shouldn't do that, you shouldn't be doing that, you shouldn't be doing that. And so people feel like all God is is should and shouldn't. <laughs> Without the realization of while we're shaming, while we're condemning, we're actually pushing them further away from Jesus. It is why people are terrified to walk into these doors sometimes. It's like, man, if everybody else has shamed me and everybody else has judged me, why in the world would I want to walk into a church when that's all I know people to do? But the scriptures teach us, it says, no, no, no. You look at people's journey and you don't compare it to yours. It doesn't matter if it took you two weeks to surrender your life. If it takes them 20 years, that's their journey. So what do we do? We kill them with kindness. We love them into the kingdom of God of going, hey, listen, you can struggle. We can disagree. That's fine. But I'm not going to beat you up with my convictions. I'm going to love you like a brother regardless of who you are. I said this last week. It's, it's like my kids. They could come to me and say, dad, I want nothing to do with your God. And they're still my son. And they're always going to have a place in the family. Why? Because they're my son and my daughter. 
And I want you to understand that's how God views us. It's not this contractual agreement. He, he views you as a son and as a daughter. When you have a son, when you have a daughter, you'll know this as a parent. There is nothing that they could do where you're ever going to be like, I'm out, right? They may, they may wound you. They may break you. They may hurt you. But still, deep down inside, they're your son and they're your daughter. And that is the type of love that the Father has for us. So we look at this and we go, okay, I'm going to love them with kindness because that is what the Scripture says. It is intended to turn you from your sin. That is enemy love. Now, let me clarify something this morning, because I know what some of you are thinking. God is not a pacifist. <laughs> he will handle your enemy. Okay? So I know some of us are hearing this and just going, like, so what am I supposed to do? Like, if somebody wrongs me, then I just back up and, like, well, i got to love my enemies. Let's read this. Romans 12, 19 through 21. It says, dear friends, never take revenge. Dang. <laughs> Leave that righteous anger to God. For the scriptures say, this is a scary thought if you think about it. I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their head. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. You ever gotten an argument, and instead of arguing back, you just look at that other person, and you're like, dude, I love you, man. <laughs> And they're, it, it, you can see it rising up. Like, argue back with me. Say something bad about me so I can say something bad about you. And when you love people, what does it do? It pushes them to this place where they go, I can't even argue with this person. Now, but here's what I also want you to understand. When you take revenge into your own hands, you miss out on the revenge that God has for your enemies. And I don't know about you, but if God says he's going to pay back my enemies, I'd rather him handle that than me. So God's not a pacifist. So what I mean by this, and let me be clear, when terrorists blow up buildings, we respond, okay? We always step back and go, well, God said to love our enemies, so we do nothing. No, when terrorists blow up buildings and evil is evil and we see evil, we respond to evil. When people harm your kids, what do we do? We don't say we love our enemies. No, we protect them, okay? So he's not a pacifist. He's not saying, okay, this is, I just don't touch these things. But he's saying we have to, in a world that is so full of hate, that is so set on destroying people, we have to look different than the world. We can't buy into culture when people say, we're going to hate you, so guess what? I'm going to hate you back. So we find a way, and it's more difficult, but we find a way to love people. It's why you hear these stories of, you know, people going back to the accuser 20 years later in jail and saying, man, I forgive you. That's powerful, isn't it? That is enemy love. It is getting, and I'm not saying that you have to agree with that person. I'm, saying, I'm not saying that you have to be best friends with that person. People can be toxic, and it is okay to separate ourselves from those people sometimes. But most of the time, people become our enemies based on the insecurity in our life, based on they've stabbed us in the back, they've broken promises, they've betrayed our trust. That is how they become our enemies the majority of the time. And God says to you today, I will take revenge and I will pay them back. So what do we do? We step back and sometimes there's a, that, that we do have to lean into our enemies and sometimes it does require a response. But ultimately it requires the, the majority of the time, it requires us going, okay, God, I give this to you and it's in your hands now. 
And I don't know about you, but that's difficult. Because as I started, we all have this innate desire for justice, right? We want to pay people back. We want to make them feel what we felt. And especially when they've hurt us, not only do we want to make them feel what we felt, we want to make them feel even worse than we felt, right? Because it is this type of revenge that we have. But could it be that the only way as Christians, as Christ followers today, that we look different than the world is by loving our enemies? Especially in American culture that is so full of hate. I don't know if you've been following the current political situation. How crazy is that? And, and I'm not here to make a political statement. I'm not here to you know, get, even give you my opinion on all, that, all that, that whole thing. I am here to say this, man. It, it's hateful. <laughs> There's some crazy stuff going on. And the only way as Christ followers that we make a dent in this world, the only way that we show up the only way that we separate, that we can, that people can look at us and go, what is different about you is loving our enemies. It's the only thing that's going to speak to a broken world in a world that is so full of, hey, if you do something to me, guess what? I'm going to get you back. I'm going to pay you back for that. What would it look like if we started creating a world and a future that said, you know what? If you do something to me, I'm going to find out a way to love you through it. <laughs> it's a completely different situation. It's a completely different situation. So I just want to encourage you as I close. I know some of you have walked through some difficult things. Some of you have some very real enemies. Some of you have been betrayed. Some of you have been hurt. Some of you have been backstabbed. Some of you have had some unthinkable things done to you. And, and I'm not here to like make light of that. Please don't hear me in that. I'm not here to say, hey, get over it. I don't even think God would tell you that. I think God would lean in and say, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm so sorry that happened to you. I, I can't find a time in scripture where somebody was wronged and God just said, get over it, forgive them. That doesn't happen. Right? You see the woman who's caught in adultery, she's thrown out into the street. God doesn't say, get over it. Forgive that person. What does he do? He leans down. He meets her where she's at. So that's what God would do to you today. I'm not saying, like, just get over it. Go out these doors and love your enemy. I'm saying, listen, we have to learn to create a better world where we find room to say, I'm going to find a way to love this person, even though it's difficult. Because let's just be honest, hate is easy. <laughs> hate is easy. It actually comes quite natural, doesn't it? Like nobody taught you to hate. People have to teach you how to love. Because that's difficult. It's difficult to love people who don't love you. It's difficult to do good to people who want nothing but to destroy you. It's easy to hate. It's difficult to love. And I just want to call you to a higher standard this morning where we would say, it may be hard, it may be difficult, and for some of us it may be even unthinkable. But it is the only way that we stand out in a culture that is so broken. And can I, I would close with this. The people that are your enemies, if you could find a way to love them, I can almost guarantee you they won't be your enemies for long. 
And maybe they'll still hate you. Maybe they still won't like you. But what I mean, they won't be your enemies. They won't have a grip on your heart and your mind anymore. It's not going to control your night when you go to sleep and you're still thinking about this person. And when you wake up, you're still thinking about this person. When you're at work, you're still thinking about this person. Can we release ourselves from the grip that some of these people have on our minds and our hearts? And the only way that we do that is learning to love them.